Hi, I'm Sabrina Soto. I believe the best conversations are with friends who are really able to open themselves up and share their lives, both the good parts and the bad. You're going to be listening to some of those candid conversations and hopefully gaining some insight to help you redesign your life from the inside out. Hi. Um, I want to just get started because... Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember how I came across your podcast. And I think it was... I don't even know, actually. I don't know and I don't care because... I've just fell in love with listening to your episodes and I know you're Mrs. Happily Ever After on TikTok Mm -hmm. and you've got a big following there, which is fantastic. And I think it's because a lot of people are looking for this sort of guidance Mm -hmm. and you've been through a lot of stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Because it's, it's a lot easier to take advice for somebody who's been through the trenches rather than somebody who met their soulmate at 19 and lived happily ever after since then, because hundred percent. Like that sounds amazing, but it didn't happen to me that way. And I th- feel like there's a lot of other women and men that are looking for their quote unquote soulmate and their p- person, their partner. And it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen that easily. So can you tell a little bit about your background for people who don't necessarily know your story? Sure. Um, so one huge piece of the puzzle for me is that my parents are soulmates and they had a crazy meeting story. They were met and married in 32 days. Um, my dad was what on what was supposed to be his honeymoon with his ex-fiance's brother. Yep. That's as crazy as it sounds. Basically his ex-fiance, he was engaged. He was best friends with this, his fiance's brother. And the brother came to him three months before the wedding and was like, bro, she's not the one for you. Like his sister, he's telling that about his own sister, about his own sister. Okay. And he's like, she's my sister, but like, you're my best friend and you guys are not meant to be together. And so my dad went home and called off the wedding and three, four months later, the brother and my dad went on what was supposed to be his honeymoon. And while he didn't cancel, he didn't cancel the trip, the trip. No. So like him and like, you can imagine from her perspective, like her brother is going on her honeymoon with her ex, like wild. I, I would kill my brother. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, no. I don't think that they spoke for, for like 30 years. Like it was like a big thing um, for good reason. Um, And so my dad is an artist. He's this like super visual person. Um, And he always had this idea in his head of who his perfect person was thinking that it was a figment of his imagination. Like he just created this girl in his head. It was his perfect girl. And he kind of like stacked everyone up against this imaginary woman. Um, And then on the third day of his vacation, he saw that imaginary woman at the bar, like down to her outfit. And he was like, what the fuck? So He went up and talked to her. Long story long, they met. My mom was from Canada. My dad was from San Diego. They met on vacation, immediately fell in love. Like the first time he kissed my mom, he physically pushed her away and was like, this is like something you read about. This means we have to get married. Like it was just this crazy. So they go. But I mean, some people these days would think that's love bombing and that's not going to end well. Yeah. 100%. And back then, like soulmates wasn't a thing. Like it wasn't talked about. It wasn't like this hot topic thing. What they experienced you know, there wasn't social media, there wasn't the internet yet, you know, like there wasn't all of these stories of this happening. And so they both were like, what is, what is going on right now? Like both of them were just completely shocked. He went back to San Diego. My mom went back to Canada. My dad made a ring 
and flew out there to meet her parents. And he got there on a Wednesday, proposed to her, met the parents Thursday and married her on Sunday. And the brother from the previous relationship flew out to be the best man. And to this day, to this day, I call him Uncle Richard. Like he's my uncle. Like he's been in my, he was at my 30 person wedding. And like, we always give him credit for every, like, he's the reason I'm alive. Really? You know, like, yeah, he's just like this, this fit, you know, this person center stone in our family. But, um, so, so but I, then you came from this amazing soulmate story yes. yet you found yourself in a very toxic yes. abusive relationship. So basically I called it my blessing and my curse. It was a blessing to know that it exists, but my curse, because then you have to find it. And I think I, so I was married previously. I was married from 2014 to 2000, end of 2016. We were together seven years, but only married for two. Um, and fun fact, the first time he asked my dad for my hand in marriage, my dad said no. So um, that's how much they loved him. Um, and really what it boiled down to is I so badly wanted my parents' fairy tale that I forced a rectangle into a square hole. Like he was close, but he was not it. And we were just best friends. Like take everyone listening for a moment and imagine what you would do with your very best friend. That was it. That was my first marriage. That was, that it was wasn't awesome. just your best friend because it wasn't, it was toxic. You said Mm-mm. that oh, well, wasn't. That wasn't the abuser. So the the marriage, he, we were fine. Like we barely ever, there were issues obviously. And you know, the way things ended, he could have been more honest. And like, it was, it was pretty shit there at the end. However, the problem with that was that we were just friends and we, there was no romance. There was no sexual, nothing like they're just nothing. So that blew up. And I then was turning 30 single, all my friends were having babies and I was going through a divorce. Like the, A, the parents who lived this perfect fairy tale. And now I'm the kid going through this super dramatic divorce at 30. And I was like, oh my God, I'm used goods. Like no one's going to want me. I am done. All my friends are having kids. I'm out of time. There's no way I can start over at this point. What am I doing? And instead of healing at that moment and being like, all right, let's like, heal all this shit and move on. I just went straight to hinge or bumble at the time. And that's where I found my abusive relationship. Oh, it's so good because it's, it's so true that when you're in a bad place, you attract bad Mm -hmm. relationships, right? Mm -hmm. Like at my very lowest place, I attracted someone of equal vibration and like, there it is. (laughs) Like, but but then, okay. So first of all, doesn't now looking, I'm older than you, but like the thought of 30, it's like, that's so young. Like it's so young. Oh yeah. But but you, so you're saying you, in hindsight, you're like, of course you should have taken that time to heal. But in the, in your head, you're thinking you're under this weird timeline because you're quote unquote old at 30. Um, and so how can you, what advice do you give to somebody who, you, who knows I need to take this time to heal. I need to take, take this time to not go on bubble, not go on hinge, not even date, but they feel like they're under this self-made timeline. Pressure. Yeah. Um, the pressure. A couple things. First of all, I think that it was half me feeling like I was out of time, but it was half just pacifying sadness. Like it felt good to go on dates with guys who told me I was pretty like yeah. As egotistical as it is, like people will tell themselves, because I told myself, oh, I'm not rushing into anything. I'm not getting in a long-term relationship. I'm just dating. I'm just having fun. No, what I was doing was 
you know, taking some sugar with my medicine to make myself feel better. And all it did was pull me further behind. So the advice that I would give someone right now that is going through a breakup or a divorce or whatever, and feels like, oh my God, I have to, I, I don't have time. I want to have babies. My clock is ticking. I have to, I have to, I have to. The fastest way to get there is the right way. And the analogy that I use all the time in my social media is healing your body. So your body is your vessel, right? So your soul is the passenger inside of your body. Okay. It's the same as doing maintenance on a car. So if you're driving down the road towards your manifestation, so in this instance, you're driving towards the future person, your soulmate, the person you want to end up with, you're going to have a hell of a time getting there in a car that keeps breaking down. If you're not doing your oil changes, if you're not doing your shit. So for me, I look at healing like maintenance on a car. If you're consistent with your healing, it's like oil changes every six months. You go in, you get your oil changed in an hour, you leave. It's easy. If you ignore it, like I did, it's like getting in a car that's been abandoned on the side of the road for 10 years and having to get it back to the place where you can take it on a long road trip. It's going to be way harder and take way longer. So if you're in a spot where you're feeling like in a rush and you want to skip over that stuff, that's like saying, oh, there's a nail in my tire, but like, I don't have time to fix that right now. Let's just get on the road. Well, you're going to blow your tire. <laughs> like that's right. It's going to blow up. It will. There is no like fast way of ignoring the healing part. It will just get worse until your car breaks down. And right. I promise from experience, don't let your car break down. Cause it's so much harder that way. <laughs> like, it's so true. It's, it's absolutely true. And I, I look back at my life and I, have had the same. I've had really toxic relationships where I just wasn't in the right space. Yeah. And it, it sounds woo woo. I don't know. I always use that word because it just does. And, but it is energetic. It, we are energy, whether it's, it, that's not even woo, that's actually just science. So yeah, hundred percent. when, when we, we are magnets. So if we're in a bad place, we're going to attract sometimes just the, the most unhealthy, not just relationships, but work situations or friendships or whatever the, you know, you have flat tire or whatever, you know, fill in the blank. Well, and we're attracting what we feel like we deserve. So okay, in we- hindsight, right. Like, so looking back, I had just gotten divorced. My ex-husband was dating who he had been with before me. Mm-hmm. I happened across messages saying that he had been trying to turn me into his ex for six years while we were together. Uh-huh. So I felt like absolute dog shit about myself. And so when I'm in that place, I attracted, my bar was on the ground. So anybody could have walked by and picked up the bar and been like, Hey, what's up? And I would have been like, hi, you. Okay. <laughs> right. Instead of getting to the place where you pull your bar way up here and you're not even, you're not even paying attention to everything under the bar. It, it doesn't even cross your path because your bar is way up there. Right. And that I think is where people just want to rush through the part that's going to get them to where they want to go. It's like, you're trying to get your car on the road and someone comes over and they're like, Hey, there's this airplane over here. Do you want to just hop in the plane and fly to Vegas? And you're like, no, 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 I'm going to drive. And they're like, this is, this will really get you there faster. And they're like, no, 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 it's fine. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like take the plane. I totally understand what you're saying. And the whole subconscious, what you, why I was snapping my fingers is because I now, as I'm getting older and as I'm going through even more, I realize that everything is subconscious. Everything we're attracting, it's what we truly inside, forget about what you say to people. It's 100%. how you feel inside what you truly deserve, whether that be money, health, relationships, yep. friendships, your house, whatever. How do you, what advice, or what tools do you think people need in order to start reprogramming 
their own subconscious? Um, so for me, as simple as it sounds, like I am a diehard journaler. Me too. Like it changed my life. When I first got into journaling, a really good friend of mine was like, you have to do this. And I was like, that's cute, but I don't know what to do. Like, hi, dear diary. Today I had, blah, blah, you know, like I didn't know where to start, what to talk about, how it would help me in any way. Um, and that's why I'm so passionate about it now. And like, I've published a few journals and I put, I'm, I'm a journal pusher. Like I push that shit so hard because it allowed me to get, like, it brings stuff out that you don't know is in there. There's no amount of like self-reflection that's going to get to the places that journaling does. You just can't get there, you know? And I'd be, I'd be just brain dumping, like just writing, 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 writing. And all of a sudden something would come out of me and be like, holy shit. That's that, like that, me at 13 started accepting this behavior. And that's why I still accept this behavior in my thirties. And then you have to go back to that person and fix her. You know what I mean? And like journaling is how I went. And I really got this idea that I didn't need the other person to get closure from a situation, whether it's a friendship, a relationship, whatever. I would write letters to those people and get my own closure and tell them everything that I ever wanted to say out loud, good, bad, happy, mad, whatever. I hate you. You're the worst. I love you. I miss you. Doesn't matter. Get it all out on paper. Thank them for all of the lessons they taught you and then release them and say, I'm releasing you out. Of, like I'm cutting the energetic cord. I'm, I'm letting this go. And of course, we're not giving these people these letters. This is all to keep to yourself. But it that mistake. <laughs> I have delivered. Haven't we all? Um, but it gets it out of your body, right? Like you're holding on to all of this stuff. And I looked at journaling as a way of just like spring cleaning and just like getting the gunk out or like I'm the analogy queen. So like a way I think about it is like, if you have this wound way down here that you haven't taken care of, it's just festering and gross. So journaling is like, okay, we're taking off that icky scab. We're cleaning it. Finally, we're putting real stuff on it. We're bandaging it up and we're going to let it heal fully this time instead of letting it sit there and just like be gross and, and painful, you know? Um, so it's no longer going to be an open wound. Will we still, you know, if you press hard enough on it, will you feel the scar sometimes? Sure. Maybe. Yeah. But it's not a gaping hole in your body. Um, journaling. I, I just actually did a podcast about it. Uh, my last episode, but I find that sometimes I journal and it's just non, not nonsense, but just sort of the mundane, what I'm doing. And then Brooke, sometimes I'm journaling and I feel like I'm channeling, like oh, something's yeah. being channeled through me because yep. it's not even how I talk. It's way smarter than I think I'm capable of. And I think that's magic. I mean, if you want to get real woo-woo about it, that would happen to me and my writing would change. Like yes. the way that I write would change. And I, I sent a picture of it to my sister once and I was like, get a load of this. And she's like, who wrote that? And I was like, me. And she's like, that's not your writing. And I was like, I know. <laughs> like, that's wild. It's and so it's free. crazy. And it's yeah. free. Yeah. It's free. Okay. So you're divorced at 30, which so by the way, so what was I basically, and I, and then you get into this toxic relationship before you met Mr. Wonderful. How did you, what did it take for you to realize like enough was enough at that toxic spot? So we're going to take it back to my parents really quick. So my dad, when he met my mom, when they were in the first year of their marriage, his is it's like you're gonna gag on this. It's so cute. Um, he felt like love wasn't a good enough describing word for how he felt about my mom. So he had to make up a word that meant more than love, 
which is like so cute. Um, and so this is again, before internet, before you could look stuff up, before you could like Google search for another language, whatever. So he made up this word, a Neo. And like, that's what he used with my mom our whole lives. He, he would not use it with us, with anyone else. It was a thing between the two of them. It was their thing. And ironically, they were having their 35th wedding anniversary right about the time I was getting divorced. And all of us got it tattooed onto us. Um, and so for me, it was like my reminder to not settle until I find more than love. Like I'm looking for more than just the average. And so I didn't do that. Spoiler. I went into the abusive relationship, had been in it for three and a half years. And mind you, my, my parents tried to get me out. They stopped inviting him places because they like everyone in my life was trying to force me out of it. And I would lie for him all the time. Nobody knew what was really happening. And, um, aside from him being wildly abusive, he would not tell me he loved me all out. He wouldn't say it. He knew how much it meant to me. We were together three and a half years. He wouldn't say the words. And so I was in the gym one day and I'm working out and I like look in the, and I have sports bra on and the tattoo is like right under the bra line on my side. And I look in the mirror and I see the tattoo and I was like, I have a freaking tattoo on my body that means more than love. And I can't even get my boyfriend to say, I love you. What Foster. am I doing? What am I doing? Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. this is insane. And like, I had, that was probably like my biggest, like kind of wake up call. And I had a few, like there was a night that he was trashing my house because he was blackout drunk and had lost the video game he was playing. And he was trashing my house that I bought with my money, my, my dream, everything I'd worked for bought this house. And he was trashing it over a video game in his forties. And I was like, what am I, what is happening? Like, I can't, I can't bring children into this world like this. Like I, yeah. this is not, this cannot be my story. I can't do this. Um, but then the weird thing about trauma bonds is it is literally like falling under a spell. So I would get myself, I'd go to coffee with a friend. I'd be, I'd spend a weekend away from him. I'd be outside of our bubble and wake up and be like, oh yeah, I'm better than this. I, I, I remember who I was. It was like, oh, there you are. Like, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then I'd go back home and I could literally feel myself like falling under the spell again. Yes. And back right into, and just like held on to this dream. Like I'd see glimmers of his potential and who he could be. And I held on to that and felt like I was going to be the savior to bring it out. Like I was going to be the one that like yeah. saved him from himself. And you just can't do that. So I have a friend who's in a trauma bond now and they, it's the same back and mm-hmm. forth and they can't see out of it. And I actually was on the phone with them earlier And I only could empathize because I've been there before and it is um, a mind. It's so mind blowing. It's so hard. It's so hard. It's so hard because for those of you listening who don't really know what a trauma bond is, it's basically a relationship that you're in your trauma and their trauma basically um, mesh you all both together. And it is so up like high and down low that it feels like love. It feels like passion. It feels like a draw, like an addict, like a drug addict. It literally, that it's hard. It literally is a drug, right? Brooke, yeah. it's like I mean, a drug when addict. I, when I broke up with him, I had physical detox symptoms. Like my so body went through. How did detox. you finally, so I could tell my story is it was back and forth for a long time. And then one day I was out of town with a friend and I was crying at dinner and she didn't, 
even say anything to me, but I just, something snapped inside of me, Brooke, that I was like, what? I can't do, I can't physically or mentally do this anymore. And I had to cold Turkey, stop talking to that person because I just knew there was, there was no out of it other than detox. And even though that I had tried before, it was the the first time that I I made a contract with myself that no matter what, no matter how much it hurt, no matter how much I wanted to call, I wasn't going to do it. And that was the only way I got out of escaped it. And I want to say escape, not because I was a prisoner and I'm not saying like vilifying that person was just, it's sometimes two people come together and it really is just toxic. So what was your story? How did you finally say enough is enough for you? So it, it was a process. Like I, I get myself to the point and then like lose my gumption and not do it. And what, ha- I mean, it depends how woo you want to get. It got, it got, go, re- go, go deep. Go it got deep. so woo woo. Okay. So I knew things were like, things got progressively worse. We, um, I bought a house, he moved in with me and COVID hit like two months later. So it was like COVID, you know, COVID either made babies or divorces, like COVID was a wild time. And so things got progressively worse during that time for obvious reasons. And there's no escaping the abuse when you live with it 24 seven, you're not allowed outside of the house. So like it just got progressively worse. And I tried everything. I tried every tactic I could to get him to communicate, to do any of the, you know, anything. And it was him and his brother's 40th birthday and we were on a rock climbing trip and we were all out to a bar. Um, cause so this was like end of COVID time. So like masks were coming off, people were starting to like do things again. And we're in this teeny tiny quiet town out to dinner and this guy's playing live music and he starts playing here comes the sun on his guitar. And I literally saw myself dancing on my wedding day and started to cry and I had to get up and go to the bathroom and just like, excuse myself for a second. And in that moment, I knew that what I saw in my head wasn't with him. Yeah. Like that's not that day exists, but the day is not with him. And so that was kind of like the, the, like the starting point. Um, when I got home from that trip, I have a really good friend of mine who, um, him and his wife, their whole, everybody involved in their families are spiritual or clairvoyant or gifted in some way. They all have some crazy thing going on. And his mom um, Mm -hmm. kind of leaned into her clairvoyance and medium ish abilities later in life. And I had said probably three years before this, if your mom is ever willing to do sessions with someone that isn't immediate family, I want to be her first client. Like I'm so in like, sign me up. I want to know who my spirit guides are. I want to know all this stuff. Like, yep, this is so interesting to me. And out of nowhere, we get home from that trip and I get a text from him and he just said, she's ready and her phone number. That was it. And I was like, let's go. So I made an appointment and I knew she was going to hurt my feelings. Like I knew I was going to go to this appointment and she was going to burst all my bubbles. I just knew it. And I almost canceled. And then I was like, nope, we got to go. Like we got to get in there. And so I sit down with her. And she doesn't know me from Adam. She knows nothing about me. I hadn't told any of my friends the truth behind my relationship yet at this point. And I sit down and she looks at me and she goes, you're in an abusive relationship. And I was like, but, uh, but yeah, I, yep, I am. And she was like, okay. And she started telling me stuff about his childhood that nobody knows. And I was like, yeah, I'm like one of two people in the world that knows that story. So, yep, that's also true. Wild. And she just starts just telling me all of this stuff. and. 
she was like, here's the thing. You have free will. This is one of your life lessons and you can choose to learn it in this life or not. But like, there is someone out there for you. If you choose to walk away from this, like if you can get yourself out of this, there is someone on the other side, but it's up to you. Like you can stay here. It's like, no one can force you out of it. And, um, basically in that little thing, I mean, she told me some crazy stuff, all of these things. I called my dad after that and told him all about it. And then I told him about the guy playing here comes the sun at the restaurant. And I was like, dad, I don't know what that was all about. But when I walked down the aisle with you one day, like I want to walk down the aisle to that song. And he was like, that's weird that you say that because I have always had this like weird, like goosebump on my body connection to that song. So like, yep, let's do it. And from that moment forward, I saw and heard Here Comes the Sun to a level that is like far past confirmation biased, like just everywhere. It came up in the craziest places. And I looked at it like breadcrumbs, like the universe being like, come on, Berkey, let's go like over here, follow the trail. Like you can do it. Come on, let's go like get out of here. And Really, the sad thing is that I let my ex hurt me physically and emotionally over and over again, but it wasn't until he started completely disregarding me financially (laughs) that I was like, you're doing this on purpose. Like I can, I can explain away why you treat me badly, but you are spending all of your paychecks on fun stuff. And then you can't help me pay bills during COVID when I'm self-employed and don't have a job. I can't explain that away. You're just doing that on purpose. Like that's just mean. And you're putting me at risk of losing the house you live in. Like that makes no sense. So um, it was kind of a combination of me starting to kind of like have my spiritual, spiritual awakening and start following coincidences in my life and listening to little things and like kind of following. And that's when I started journaling and like that whole side of me started waking up and I kind of started almost like coming home to myself or remembering who I was at the same time as him taking advantage of me in like very, very blatant ways. And I, at that point knew that I wasn't strong enough to leave myself. So I started telling everyone in my life what was actually happening Mm -hmm. because I knew they would hold me accountable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so that's when I started being super honest with people. And I had some really good friends that, I mean, my friend Morgan would call me once a week and be like, have you left yet? Why haven't you left? Let me remind you all of the reasons why leaving is the choice. You have to do this. You cannot stay. And she was so hard on me in the most loving way. And I needed it because I couldn't, I I didn't feel strong enough to do it by myself. So I had, so how long did it take? Uh, I had the, here comes the sun vision in October and I left him February 1st. Okay. So four months. Yeah. So again, for anyone listening if you're in that sort of relationship or if you're in that sort of situation, it's, it's fantastic. If you, if you could do it overnight, Oh yeah. God, I, I mean, amazing. God bless. but like also give yourself grace if it's taking a little while, but then when you finally did in February, did you like cold, cold Turkey it? Um, well, he lived with me. So I broke up with him. Um, he didn't tell anyone for a long time. Cause he kept thinking that, I mean, he changed overnight. He, and this is the other weird thing. So when I, wait, when wait, I what do you mean he changed overnight? Oh, I'll tell you in a sec, but let me, let me back this up for one little second. So one okay, weird go. thing is that first session I had with the medium, she told me that my grandma is always on my left side and that she would not shut up 
by saying over and over in her ear until she told me the change is not real. And I was like, I don't know what that means. And she was like, all she said is you're going to know what that means. And I was like, okay. And then fast forward X amount of months, four months, I break up with him. He's not telling anybody. He's acting like everything's fine. He comes home every night, pretends nothing happened. So I ended up having to break up with him like multiple times and being like, we are actually not together. Like I started the process in January and it wasn't finally until February 1st that I was like, no, no, no. I don't think you're like, we are broken up. And so having to do it over and over again got harder and harder because you keep wanting to just buy back into the fantasy. And finally it was like, okay, we're done. It took him a full 30 days to leave. So like we had to live with each other and grieve next to each other for a month, which was awful, awful, terrible. (laughs) But I was blessed with being able, I called my dad every day in tears. Like, are you sure that I can't take him back? Are you sure this is the right thing? Are you sure I'm not going to be alone forever? And I needed to hear him say that it was going to be okay. And I need, and I like, you can tell yourself all you want, but you need to hear it. And that's something I'm really conscious of when friends or clients go through this is like, it's okay to need reassurance a million times to the point that it's embarrassing. That's fine. And like, I had that. Um, and what I would, t- I mean, I would tell myself like, cause he immediately started telling me he loved me and doing all the things that he said yeah. he could do. And like all yeah. of, all of the things I, I begged begged for were suddenly just like dropped at my feet and here you go on a silver platter. And so I would get into my car to go to work or wherever and just say, the change is not real. 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 Wait, did he and change he, like now? Is he that amazing person? Oh, of course not. Oh, oh, change was okay. not real. <laughs> the change was not real. Spoiler alert. It did not last. Nothing We've has all been changed. there. We have all been there. And then you're like, wait a minute. This is exactly who I wanted. How? Yes. And then you're like, wait a minute. Why didn't this change happen when we were together? Yeah, you have to tell yourself, like, if they actually cared about you, they would not have waited to lose you to change. Yeah. Like my dad said all the time, he's like, his back's pushed up against a wall. And now his comfort is at risk where he's been living for basically free is at risk. All of these things are getting taken from him. Of course, now he's going to magically change overnight air quotes, not actually change. Love those bunny ears. Okay. Brooke, I literally, this, this podcast could be 45 hours long because I could talk to you about all this. So first for anyone looking for Brooke, you find her Mrs. Happily Ever After. On yep. both Instagram and TikTok. Um, this is happily ever after on TikTok, and I am uh, love her wild podcast on it. Love her wild. Oh, so the podcast is love her wild. Listen to it; it's fantastic. They're short, juicy episodes, and it's mostly about doing the homework that it takes to manifest whatever it is you want in your life. So, just in to sort of wrap this up for someone who is looking to change their life to get out of a rut to manifest maybe a huge job or a soulmate. What are journaling is something that obviously we both believe in. What other things can people do to sort of help reprogram their subconscious mind to realize to up level what they deserve? I mean, I think that it's a combination of it's the easiest, most cliche things are the truest things. So treating your your body and yourself, the way that you hope to be treated one day or the way that you're going to treat a partner. So I gave myself all new habits. I woke up and I started painting my house the next day, redecorated the way I wanted. I looked, I tried to reformat and say to myself, like, this is the last time I'm going to be single. So I'm going to have so much fun not having to answer to anybody. And 
I am in the process of becoming my best self because my person is looking for me at my best. And so I would wake up every morning and nourish my body and move my body in a way that felt good and go out and do things and experience life in ways that made me happy. And I got into little tiny meditation practices that really helped and basically getting yourself to a point where you are treating yourself like anybody that comes into your life is going to learn how to treat you by the way that you treat yourself and the standards that you have set in place for how you live your life, how you want to be treated, how you want to eat, any of it. Um, And so starting at the ground level and kind of just rebuilding all of that stuff from the bottom up. And I think I actually just talked about it today on my TikTok, but for me, people talk about raising their vibration all the time. And it feels like you're climbing this pyramid to get to this teeny tiny point that's unsustainable. And you can balance on it for a second until you fall back down because nobody's perfect. And you're going to have sad days and angry days and all these things. And so shifting your mindset from that to raising your vibration or getting yourself to a higher, better place in order to manifest what you're looking for is less about being perfect and more about coming home to who you are. Like you being your most authentic self is where the synchronicities lie. That's where your person is going to find you. Your person isn't going to, isn't going to be like, there she is. If you're pretending to be someone else or working so hard to keep up with the Joneses or wear the trendy thing, that's not Your person isn't looking for you dressed like someone else. Your person, it's not Halloween. They're not going to find you in the cat suit. They're going to find you. I mean, mean, Catwoman, hello. (laughs) But like, they're going to, they're not going to recognize you unless you're being yourself. That's what's so right thing. My girl, uh, an old friend of mine, um, when we were single many years ago, which she was like, let's go to this place. Let's go to a golf, you know, driving range. Let's, and then I'm like, no, because I have to pretend that I'm doing that all the time to 100%. be this person. Right. 100%. My person, I'm going to be doing yoga and he happens yes. to be like next to me. Not at the, at, or like at the smoothie shop you go to on your yeah. way. Home. And like, right. spoiler alert for anyone listening, like I found my person. He's ridiculously perfect for me. My dad actually saw him in a dream three years before I met him, which is ironic. And he told me all about him. Same thing. First time my dad met him, he looked at my mom and was like, that was the guy for my dream. Brooke's going to marry that guy. Like wild. Like we were married six months after we met the whole cliche. Like when you know, you know, is true. But what I always tell people is soulmates are a category. They're not one person. There is not one magic person that's going to change your life. It is a category and type of connection. So if you are in the process of looking for a human and or trying to manifest a soulmate connection or feel like maybe you lost a soulmate connection and you're doomed, you're not doomed. You're lucky to know what it feels like. And now you know how to replicate that feeling when you find it again. So there's two categories of connection. Regular connection is the ocean and soulmate connection is the backyard pool there. It is smaller, but multiple people still fit in a pool. That's right. So when you meet somebody first, first shot out of the gate, are you a soulmate connection? Most of the time the answer is no. If it's yes, great. But that does not mean, okay, perfect. Now I found my person. That means we're in the swimming pool. We're in the right category. Now we have to qualify the lead. And like, is this soulmate that I have encountered the soulmate that I am going to choose to spend the rest of my life with? Do they have all of the traits or the commonalities that I'm actually looking for for a long-term partner? Because 
soulmate connection alone is not what's going to create a lasting marriage. Right. You need to have all the other things too. So don't get too caught up in that. Yes. And to just add to that, I, I believe that before you find a soulmate, you have to make yourself your own, your own soulmate. hundred percent. And that's what I'm saying. Like coming home to yourself and like the, the way to raise your vibration, like all these tag words you hear everywhere, like raise your vibration to find your person and blah, blah, blah. The way to do that is to sink as deep into who you are as a person at a soul level as you can, whatever that, if you love yoga, go do yoga. But if you go there and you freaking hate it, then don't do that. Go do what you love. Like find the practices that light you up. If that's long walks on the beach, do that, but don't go on long walks on the beach. Cause some girl on TikTok told you to right. do the things that light you up and make you feel the most like yourself and wear the clothes that aren't in style that you love. love. Like, do the things that you love. Have Every jar has a lid. House. Yes. 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 And like, just keep telling yourself my person is looking for me at my most authentic. That's yeah. how they're going to recognize me. So me, Brooke wearing my freaking bell bottom pants and my graphic tees, this is who I am. If I was wearing my sister's super trendy, modern, whatever, I'd look cool, but he wouldn't recognize me because that's not right. who I am. That's, that's not right. Be, like, yes. yes. Be who you are because your person is looking for that. For Okay. So obviously um, in the notes, not only will I let you know how to find Brooke on Instagram and on TikTok, but also her website where she has journals and manifestation, meditations, all, all of the good stuff. So I'll put it in the notes. Brooke, you have to come back again. So whether I you like would it or not. Love to. We've got <laughs> yes, so much like more to y'all need to know how I met my husband because that's even crazier. <laughs> that's next episode. We don't give it up it's, yet. I because... It's in it is I mean it's a movie is what it is. Stay it's tuned for for part two with Brooke on how she met her husband. <laughs> Thank you for being here. Thank you so much. It was so fun.